Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Tom Timmerman, who's on the road with the Blues after an entertaining victory against the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, Tom, kind of an oddly officiated game, but uh, nonetheless a fun one to watch. And, uh, and once again, the Blues found a way to win. Yeah, they're, they're making them entertaining. And certainly uh, Rangers fans were uh, up in arms about some non-calls in the uh, later stages of the game that uh, – Certainly, if you uh, if they'd gone on the power play a couple more times, you, their, their chances of uh, getting a go-ahead goal uh, would have increased uh, markedly. Uh, but yeah, also, I mean, amazing that there was just some. There was like an 11-minute stretch, and then another equal, uh, slightly shorter stretch. At another point, of no whistles. I mean, they just played. I mean, it was it was it must have been one of the fastest games of the year because. I mean, they played the second period. I think in just twenty-five minutes of real time, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty amazing. And I don't think the fans minded it. I'm sure people watching on television didn't mind it. It was just a a good hockey game. The Rangers are a team trying to fight their way into the playoffs. And even without Chris Kreider, who's out with a broken foot, the uh, I was really impressed with the Rangers, and I'm impressed with the job David Quinn's doing. Boy, I didn't like the look of that team at all go back even a year ago, I like the look of that team now, and I'm sure the Blues came away thinking, man, uh, we, we just had a hard we just had a hard work day. Yeah, that, that was uh, – the Rangers looked like a good team. I mean, they were probably the better team for, for long stretches of, uh, of yesterday, and they very easily could have won that game. Um, you know, when you consider that the Blues' go-ahead goal is, was accidental, you know, Brain Shen wasn't meaning to shoot and it went in. Um, so, yeah, so the thing is just – you know, there's a very fine line there, but the Rangers played a, a, a game and they looked very good. And, uh, you know, they can, they can cause some problems, I think, down the stretch here. Now, a lot of positives for the Blues. We can start uh, with the goaltending. Uh, Jordan Bennington certainly had a rough stretch, as did the entire team, uh, not all that long ago. But this was the type of game with a lot of really tough, in tight chances against uh, Bennington that tested his reflexes, which is uh, certainly a strength of Jordan. Uh, really a, a plus game for the goaltender. It was. I mean, he, he saved them that game. I mean, that, that, uh, the, the Rangers should have had more than the one goal they did, and the reason they didn't uh, was because of him. I mean, there, there were some chances that the Rangers probably wished they had taken a little better. Um, uh, Kapokako had a few chances that uh, he probably wishes he had over. But Bennington was there, and he made the saves. Uh, yeah, there was a lot was in tight, and they were just a, they had a lot of shots. If you look at the shot chart from last night, lots of blue dots all around the uh, the Blues net. Um, but Bennington, yeah, saved all but one of them, and uh, he won them that game. Now, I do think the uh, the Blues are really really happy that Artemi Panarin uh, likes the <laughs> NYC. He seemed like he was going to uh, to go to the stay on the eastern side of the NHL one way or the other in free agency. And, and you think about, you watch that guy play, and you think, there was a, there was a day that Stan Bowman woke up and said, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to trade this guy. I'm, instead of trying to find money for this guy, or space in the salary cap for this guy, I'm going to trade Artemi Panarin. How good is that guy? My goodness. Yes, uh, he's one of those, um, it seemed like he got the puck in a lot of dangerous situations where he was a threat to score goals uh and there were ones where he didn't have he was in position and got in position so he made things he certainly made things happen you know I, I look at a guy like him and I, I look at the blues i compare the teams the blues have a lot of really good players 
and they're able to spread talent over multiple lines, and that's how they won a cup, and that's why they're going to take another run at one again this year. But, man, if you have one guy that could just puck on a string, control play, uh, make people look ridiculous, do that all game, every shift, be dangerous, they don't really have that guy. Now, the Rangers spent money for that guy. The Blues have a lot of really good players, but it, it, just to, to st- step back and watch that from a, a distance, um, there's only a handful of guys like him in the game. Yeah, no, definitely. And and, and you're right that the Blues don't have them. And you look at the Blues and, you know, their writers in New York were asking about it and say, like, well, you know, they just the Blues have a have a really high level, but they have you know they have a lot of you know eighty percent, but they don't have the the Panarin type hundred percent guys or ninety percent guys that just that just wow you. But um, they've stocked up on so many really solid quality players that, that that's why they're winning games. A really good game from one of those guys, Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, very solid, uh, creating plays, creating opportunities. Uh, out there again, and but but I do have I do have to to pick it with uh, the the one three on one rush, and it was it <laughs> bugged me all night. Uh, you got a three on one. Jane Schwartz gets it over on the right side. Um, he's got a terrific lane to shoot. One defender back playing the middle as you should. Uh, Marco mm-hmm. Scandella's the trailer. Um, not your best option. Typically, you're thinking trailer on that three on two or three on one rather. Mm-hmm. You're thinking trailer, but. Ah, just uh, just take it. I mean, you, you, they gave you the shot, take the shot. I know you want to get the goalie moving. I know you, some, it's attractive to hit the trailer. Uh, I get all that. Mm-hmm. But, man, Artemi Panarin would have known what to do. Let's, let's, let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. in that situation, there's, there's one guy that probably doesn't have sick mitts, and that's probably Marco Scandella on that play. So he might not be the guy that you want to – Give the putt to uh, when you uh, when you have a break like that. Yeah, that that and that was one that very nearly came back to uh, haunt them because uh, I think the Rangers came back really quick after that uh, missed chance and almost scored, uh, which would have been quite the uh, quite the reversal of fortunes there if uh, if that had happened. Now, a very positive note: Colton Pareko was not feeling well uh, at all, but uh, he was able to play and he has asserted himself offensively here the last few weeks after uh, months, and I'd say almost years, of people begging Colton Pareko to make full use of his his offensive abilities. Boy, now he is. And just a classic uh, opportunity where you want a guy with a big shot to be, uh, power play scenario, good puck movement, a guy in a prime shooting spot, and, uh, yeah, does what he can do. <laughs> you know, I, I – was talking with him last night after the game and you know, you know what's what's going on so I'm, just, I'm just feeling confident i'm shooting the puck and it's as though some some light has turned on in the uh, in the mind of colton pareko and he's and he's letting it rip and they've been you know with him for years for as long as he's been here and uh for whatever reason it has clicked and um and all of a sudden I mean, yeah he's had like seven goals since the start of february and um you know at, at this rate he's gonna you know he's got He's got nine now. He could finish with, you know, 12, 15 if, uh, you know, with the power play time he's getting. He could do, he, you know, and, and in a world in which you don't know what happens to Alex Petrangelo after this year, this is a very good thing uh, 
for the Blues because his defense is as good as it, as it ever was, and now he's getting the offense that everyone's always thought he should have. All right, so, and it's not for a lack of trying. The media types have been working, mm-hmm. doing everything humanly <laughs> possible from our end to try to encourage the, mm-hmm. the likable uh, uh, Pareko to just be a, just a little more assertive. Now, he's got the offense. That's great. He's a tremendous shutdown D-man. Just now, just plant the seed about once or twice a game. Just drill somebody. Just drill them. Which you can do when you're, you know, without even trying. And then there you go. Complete package. You got a Norris Trophy candidate. Yeah. And, and I think we, we may have, you know, just when you're, especially on drilling someone, is the beauty of the one-timer. And, and there are things that go into being able to hit an effective one-timer. And you either, you're, you're, it's like a golf swing, I mean, except for the moving object. And it's, it maybe has just taken him a little longer to get comfortable to get everything in place to be able to hit that shot the way he needs to, uh, not just you know walking out there and slamming away, but to to have the the leg work properly done to get the maximum force he can out of that shot. And speaking of that, a guy who is hot, who has been bearing some one timers, who just got lucky with his goal, as you noted, uh, Braden Shen. Uh, He's going to get a lot of those opportunities because off the rush to uh, to hammer some uh, off odd man rushes to, to just get a quick shot on goal. Uh, certainly we saw him get a quick shot on goal to essentially clinch the Stanley Cup. And now you're seeing mm-hmm. Ray Chen uh, do exactly that uh, on, a, uh, on a regular basis now. Yeah, you know, the... Uh... You know, they, they move the lines around. They always keep him with Schwartz, though, and he's there. Uh, but now adding O'Reilly, I mean, it's, you, you have three really talented guys. Uh, Shen's, you know, taking advantage of that. And, you know, he's, he's got a guy in O'Reilly who is more than prepared to pass. And so he's going to be getting pucksy more. So, you know, Schwartz has been very active in getting pucks, and O'Reilly's been setting him up, and that's it's been a great combination. You know, he was saying last night, you know, you're going to have ups and downs in an 82-game season, and that's how it goes. And right now, I'm on it up. And, you know, the, the breaks are coming, and we you know, hope that keeps going. You know, he's got his 25th goal last night, and that's a, that's a pretty good number for him. Yeah, the Flyers got Yori Letera. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> but, we were uh, talking about that after the game. Uh, other members of the St. Louis media after the game. It's like, you know, how does that even happen? <laughs> I know. It's just I know. amazing to think that at one point in time, the Blues had Yori Laterra, and now they have Brayden Chad. What you know, was Philadelphia thinking on that? It just makes no sense at all. Well, if Ron, Ron Hextall's out there somewhere, I know. it's, uh, it's a, yeah, Thanks a lot, dude. But, you know, looking at the, at, the, at the big picture, because the Blues have been able to, we talk about, again, they have a lot of good players you're seeing Preco come out offensively. Of course, Shen has always been regarded as one of their, their higher-end guys. You're not a superstar, but one of the very good players. The fact now that they've got that second unit uh, also going uh, on the power play on with Pareko, but you've seen, again, Thomas's development. Uh, Bozak's a pretty good player. You, see, you know, I think with Kyrou, when he gets healthy and he can get back in the lineup, is going to add something. It's, uh, again, a, a familiar topic on the net front presence, Tom, but just potentially – you like the look of this group going into the postseason with actually more dangerous guys than a year ago. Yeah, you know, talking about the second power play unit, in, it, which has been better than the first unit most of the time. And you wonder if it's almost a case to be made. It's not going to happen, but a case to be made for flopping them because the, the second unit is, has done so well. 
uh, though the first unit had a, had a pretty good start to that shift, which kind of was one of the factors in turning last night's game around. Um, yeah, but they, you know, they, and maybe the second unit is, you know, doing well because it's getting the second set of uh, penalty killers, but they're, yeah, that's doing great. And that unit is being so productive and it, you know, I, you always talk about power plays and momentum. And I think the momentum is not only in games, but some of the confidence that those guys are getting in the rest of their game with the success they're having. You see how Vince Dunn is playing and how Thomas is playing. And I, I think there may be some, you know, bleeding from their power play success into their five on five success. Now, one thing, uh, as you wrote about today, the players are cognizant of the fact that Colorado also never loses and the Avalanche are hot. Avalanche had some games in hand, so obviously there's a very intense race for first in the division. And, and there's a benefit to, to finishing first because you wouldn't have to face both the Stars and, and Avalanche. And odds would be that, that uh, you, know, you don't want to have to go through both of those teams, and you might have to if you finish uh, second. But, you know, can the Blues really get, get caught up? And they, they want to play well. They, they're gonna, they want to be in the bracket and they want to be in a position to take the shot once that starts. But um, I guess, is there any danger in, in worrying too much about the fact that the Lanch just aren't, aren't losing and, you know, the Blues can't do much about it playing mostly teams in the East right now? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and there's also there's a case to be made that while, you know, if you finish first, you don't have to get uh, Colorado or Dallas in the first round, but you do run the risk of having some lousy travel if you get, Calgary or Vancouver or Arizona or someone in the first round where you could be taking a lot of, you know, three hour trips, you know, for, for games, which really drags on you if, if the series goes long. Um, and so, you know, much easier to get to Colorado or Dallas. Um, but, you know, the blues want to be playing their game they, and, and they're doing that right now. And that's, I think the important thing for them, uh, you know, Colorado is going to, is going to stay there. They're they're not going away. Uh, after today, like for the next two weeks, the Blues and Avalanche always play on the same day, and so it'll be a it'll be a different situation there because you're literally scoreboard watching at that time. But yeah, you know the the Blues need to play because if the Blues play the way they can play, then that's what's going to win them games, no matter who the opponent is. All right, one thing you uh, an interesting note that I thought was. Uh... And I, and I love Robert Bortuzzo's comments because I can just sense his, his sense of humor. But um, Robert uh, volunteering to, uh, hey, if there's ever a new goaltending need, you wouldn't think the big, tall guy like Robert Bortuzzo would be a natural fit uh, in goal. But, no, he, he, he swears he can he could be a Peke Rene if, if called upon. I was talking to Darren Pang before uh, uh, during the morning skate yesterday. I said, Darren, so who do you think would be the, the best goalie among – he had to suit up a skater and he without any hesitation said robert bortuzzo and and, and he was just he's, he's tall he's he's he'd be the great guy for for that spot so um and by that point bortuzzo had already told me yeah i wanted you know i'd love to do it if i get the chance uh craig baruby said he hadn't given it any consideration at all as to who he would ever have to suit up it's not like baseball where you have to worry about the third catcher i mean it's something that never happens but but Bortz is big on that. Bortz would love to do it, and and it would be great to have a guy be able to play every position in a uh, in a hockey game. Well, he is a shot blocker, so he, he's he's yeah. not afraid to put himself in harm's way because yeah. that's just what he this does. That's true. how he's gotten this far. 
And that's why, you know, last night, it's one of the reasons he was in was because of, uh, you know, for that shot blocking on the penalty kill because that, that's, you know, that's what he does and where Zbigniew scored that goal for the Rangers. Where that's, that's exactly where Portuzo is supposed to be on the ice to be blocking shots or clearing guys out. Uh, and unfortunately, Bertuzzo was in the penalty box at the time, so he couldn't do anything about it. But, uh, I mean, there are times in which they put him in almost specifically for that purpose. If, if a team's got a guy that, you know, Novechkin type who shoots from that spot on the ice, because that's where Bertuzzo plays. Yeah, that's a hard way. To... <laughs> yeah, that's a... I can think of a lot of jobs in sports that are probably uh, more attractive that uh than that and also you know robert you're also expected if things get a little you know nasty out there that it's up to you to to do something about it so yeah he's uh you know why not take add goaltending to the list of dangerous things that i have to do for a living for for robert so uh hey on one of the things an interesting note that's come up this week the general managers decided uh among other things of course not to mess with the emergency goaltender uh, scenario that's currently in place because it was a little odd to have a guy who was a technically an employee of the Leafs organization playing against the Leafs. Um, it was a bit odd, a bit awkward, but it comes up so infrequently the GMs took a pass on it. Uh, one of the things that came out of that was it, it's, it seems as if we could see a big jump in the, uh, the salary cap for next year, and uh, which is not the most terrible news for, let's say, Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because I know that there's, the I know there's a limit. The the better. Yeah, I, I think there's a yeah. limit to what – um, Doug Armstrong wants to pay him, but if the cap goes up a healthy amount, and, and of course the agency representing Alex knows that, I think they could end up squeezing a little more money out of the Blues. Yeah, you know, if you've got another you know million to work with, um, yeah, then maybe that's something you can make happen. We were talking about this yesterday, and get your thoughts on it. What what is actually going to be the market? For Alex Petrangelo, what teams do you think would say, yeah, we can go after a $9.5 million, $10 million defenseman? What teams would have the cap space and have the need for that that would go after him? You know, and of course people, you know, point to Toronto, but Toronto's capped out, and Toronto is going to have to move somebody like a Mitch Marner, who's a tremendous talent, because Toronto miscalculated, I think, roster construction by going after Tavares when they had Austin Matthews and they had Mitch Marner and they had uh, William Nylander and they went after Tavares instead of having money for a defenseman. Um, and, but I don't know that he was ever going to be comfortable going back to that media circus. I talked about that with Frank Cusimano and his radio show. So then you look around like, okay, but if you really want the last dollar and you're saying that that last dollar is something like $11 million a year, ah. Uh, I don't know. Does does Winnipeg find the money after moving Bufflin? Would he want to play in Winnipeg? Uh, he'd be great there, but I don't see that as a super attractive no, option. That doesn't. You know, yeah. um, do you go back east? Uh, and again, where the dollars are being committed to other people and by different teams, you know, most good teams are, are at a cap, at a cap number. So, yeah, I mean, everybody could use a great defenseman, but Teams are rebuilding. Teams have made commitments to other guys. Ah, yeah. I mean, I so I was thinking all along. I, I was thinking, well, I mean, he'll get seventy million for eight years. It'll be a little more than Doug wants to go, but I think now it might be seventy-two million. But I do. 
I, I just have always had trouble finding out where's that could go. Now, I do think if the cap goes up, somebody might come out of nowhere with something. But, but again, do you want to go to a rebuilding program like Detroit? Do, you know, yeah. I don't know. I certainly and I don't want to. Not. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, would Tampa Bay fit? Yeah, but they've got so many. I mean, they've been able to get guys to sign for less, right? So why are they going to come in and, yeah. and, and get him to sign mm-hmm. for more? I mean, Boston, a great team, but they've gotten guys to sign for less. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Florida's stupid. They just spend money on whatever, and, and they're wasteful, and, and you can see the result of that. All that money for Bobrovsky, well, only a moron would have done that, and, and there they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be good news for them getting it done. And and that's yeah, something that's that keeps coming up. Thing. Yeah, because it's just it's you know, there's not like there's going to be this gigantic bidding war for him. He'll he'll get paid, but it's not like there's going to be you know twelve teams that are making making offers. And it's there's a lot of cities that are off the board right away, and then they'll go from there. But yeah, I mean Vegas could be an option. But uh, yeah, I mean the the Blues will be in the mix. Because of that, but it sounds like we're not going. Nothing's going to happen until after the season. All right. So you know, but that, again, poor Jim Thomas is doing the uh, the live chat this week. I'm sure that's going to going to keep coming up and, and keep coming up and keep coming up. But uh, but anyways, yeah, they were they were talking about a cap uh, it broke this morning of like anywhere from 84 to, and I don't think you'll see 88.2, but you know, from where it is now. That's just, that just puts that just has Alex Petrangelo written all over it. So, yeah, if it, if it goes up three million dollars from eighty one point five, I mean that's 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 room, especially for the Blues, that they could uh, that they could work with. So, you know, is in a world in which Petrangelo doesn't resign, you think you know Marco Scandella has shown very well. Is that someone the Blues would look at keeping around? they had extra money yeah i mean you look at uh, craig berube he likes veteran guys this has been a seamless fit personality uh the playing style uh, his commitment uh, really just everything he just right into the system so i mean really doug armstrong's well protected you know you watch we talked about colton pareko's emergence and and what he has done uh i think falk has fit in fans are always going to want more offense and maybe fewer mishaps but this guy's logging minutes the team is winning uh he's fit himself into the group he bangs around a little bit, and uh, no, I, I think they're they're fairly well protected. So, all right. So before we wrap up here, the uh, next step, the Blues take the day off. They have a game coming up against a, a Devils team that, you know, it just, it, I wouldn't say it's going to be a layup or anything because, but it's just not. You're catching a team that's just looking forward. Has gotten pretty good goaltending, uh, but has not had a lot of offense of late, and is looking to the future. So it would seem like an opportunity for the blues to take another step on the East coast. It would look that way. You know, that's uh, a chance to get that ninth, that, that ninth win or extend that streak. And um, yeah, you know, New Jersey lost three to nothing to Vegas last night. So they're, it's, uh, they've got a, a trip back from there. They'll be off today. And as both teams will skate tomorrow, but yeah, the you know, the blues just beat uh, New Jersey at home three, nothing. Uh, in a game they they pretty effectively controlled, so yeah, I, I think that's you know that's a, a good opportunity for them, and it's one in that in that category of games you should win. Um, you know, it'll be a little bit tighter than the one in St. Louis, but 
Uh, it's one the Blues should win. And then they go to Chicago, which will be uh, entertaining because the Blues-Blackhawks series has been entertaining this year. Yeah, and you look at Chicago, and, and, and full uh, credit for the uh, the Hawks have not capitulated, and uh, they traded Robin Lehner. And Corey Crawford's played great for him. Now, he's, given, he's having to see a lot of rubber. But, um, you know, once again, we saw again last night, he is uh, he's playing well. Uh, Patrick Kane's still Patrick Kane. And... Um, you know, so that's, I guess, the big news on that one. I guess NBC is going to have an all-female broadcast team, so that'll be uh, yes, they that'll be mm-hmm. interesting. But, but no, another opportunity for the Blues. Yeah, and see, one other thing for the Blues on this road trip is the Blues had said that Tarasenko was going to get some contact on this trip. You know, tomorrow's practice would be, if that's going to happen, is probably a time when we would see it. So that will be interesting to see uh, if that happens. Uh, tomorrow because that's obviously a big step on his road to coming back okay so last thing for tom we've taken up a big chunk of his midday here and <laughs> uh but you are in uh the, the greater uh, new york city area so what is uh what does tom timmerman do does it are we going broadway <laughs> are we going to fill our pie hole with a gigantic uh, deli sandwich are we going to the uh, 9-11 uh memorial what are you up to today <laughs> you know, well I, i've got to i've got to finish writing a story and then I've, uh, I've got my list of uh, New York City uh, national parks uh, on my phone. And so I may you know, head around uh, to see which of those uh, that I get. It's a beautiful day here. It's about 50 degrees uh, in Manhattan. But, uh, you know, uh, Theodore Roosevelt's birthplace, uh, you know, there's just assorted oddball little things like that around the uh, New York area. I, I think tomorrow if I, I'm, I may try to get to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, depending on if the if the Blues practice schedule is accommodating uh, with that and, and how late they're open. Well, on the west side, there's a nice walkway of, on the old uh, rail line that uh, they've yeah. turned into a walkway. That's and they got a lot of cool stuff along that trail. Mm-hmm. That like, sounds that yeah. sounds very agreeable. So there you go, and the the piers mm-hmm. on the yeah. the west side, you know, another nice park area yeah. that that place. All right. But a yeah. big, uh, big, uh, gigantic deli, uh, double-decker deli sandwich for you there, Tom. You know, if if uh, I was going to say if I can, if I happen to walk past one, and I know that if I walk two blocks, I'll probably walk past six of them. Um, so uh, I ended up in, in a Philadelphia-centric bar last night, but they, by the time I got there, the kitchen had closed, so I couldn't get a Philly cheesesteak in uh, in Manhattan last night. But certainly, if they, you know, a pastrami sandwich, yeah. uh, it's got my name on it, I'll be uh, in favor of that. All right, so report back on that. We're definitely going to want to hear more about that <laughs> and what, what else you do in New York City. Well, listen, Tom, appreciate your time in the middle of a, of a busy day. Uh, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence, a reminder that you can find all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. We have a new podcast home, so if some of your friends have been complaining that they've not been able to uh, sustain their uh, subscription to the, uh, the net front to have them go back to the uh, spot on our website to uh, get back on uh, the podcast and uh, enjoy what's the, what's to come. So Tom, you have a good day. And for the rest of us out there, we'll uh, just tell greater St. Louis that we'll see you. <laughs>